Welcome to our audience. This is the Business Matters Podcast, Episode 3. I'd like to thank our media sponsor, Royal Credit Union. If you're listening today and interested in sponsoring, please give us a call here at the Chamber. My name is Kaylin Winnegar, and I am the Vice President of Investor Engagement here at the Chamber. And today I have Chelsea Higley here, who is the owner of Wisconsin Makers Market and recent winner of Emerging Business of the Year from our Bravo to Business Awards. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So Chelsea, can you tell us a little bit about your background, your story? Why did you start Wisconsin Makers Market? How did it start? Sure. Yes. So um, I was working, you know, normal eight to five um, jobs. And I started a side hobby um, at that time called Essential Healing in January 2020. Um, And then, you know, a few short months later, COVID hit and everything shut down. I think I was able to get in one craft fair before that happened. Um, so I was looking for a way to get my product seen. I'm like, well, if I'm in this situation, then everyone, you know, all makers, all creatives, all artists are in this situation. So I actually started a virtual Facebook market. It was um, once a month, only Wisconsin handmade makers. Um, and that went on for about a year and a half and was great. It was very successful. Um, and then the world opened back up, but markets didn't. So online sales kind of just plummeted. But makers, again, didn't really have a place to sell their products. So I started doing in-person markets. Um, And then when talking to the makers and just figuring out kind of what their needs were, Wisconsin Makers Market was kind of boring in my head. And I just kind of decided, you know what, I'm doing it. I The idea came and I'm like, all right, honey, I have this idea. It's happening. (laughs) Be on board. (laughs) How did the Facebook group grow? That's a great question. So I did a lot of, so I knew some obviously from um, being a maker. I knew a handful of people local and then they helped spread the word too to find more makers and um, people who might want to be a vendor. Um, And then they all, it was a Facebook group and I think it hit a little over 2000 members um, by the time we ended. Um, So everyone would share theirs, but then I also (laughs) went on Etsy and I searched maker, like I, I filtered it so I would see Wisconsin only makers. And then I would find them on social media if I could. And I would just reach out and say, hey, I'm doing this. Are you interested? Um, and that's how it grew. And then when I started Wisconsin Makers Market, the store, um, I already had a good amount of vendors who were comfortable with me and knew me and were very interested in, in being part of the store right from the get go. So I didn't have any trouble having vendors to open. How did the storefront happen? Uh, well, again, like, <laughs> it was kind of like I had the idea and I'm like, this is happening. Um, so as I mentioned, talking to the different makers and creatives at the markets, I was like, what is it that we need? You know, and and me as a maker, what is it that I need? Um, and we kind of were like, we need Etsy, but in person where you can shop all year round um, at like a craft fair without having to only have access to it certain times of the year, on Saturdays, et cetera. Um, so just after talking with everyone and, and getting ideas, I just was like, "This, yep, this is happening. I went into um, research mode almost instantly. So I did my first market in November. It was Small Business Saturday of 2022. No, one. This will be the third annual one. Um, and by April, I was viewing locations. Um, and in May, I signed my first lease to start 
um, and I opened July 1st, 2022. Oh, that's incredible. It went, it went really fast. After, yeah. after I made the decision, it was like, bam, there yeah. it was. Well, commercial space can be hard to find. So can you talk a little bit about that process and viewing some of the locations and kind of finding the right spot for this type of store? Sure. Um, yes, it was, it was very hard. It was a long process. I started looking... I would say probably December, um, and I started just by Googling, like, hey, rental, you know, commercial spaces for lease, Eau Claire, um, and found some cute stuff, but a lot of things were out of town a good amount of way, um, or just new construction and just not feasible for what I was doing, um, so it was really hard. It took a while to find a spot, um, and I was open to area two. I was looking in Chippewa. Um, like Cali area, Eau Claire, even outside a little bit, but I knew for traffic wise and stuff like that, being in the heart of whatever city I went to was kind of important. Um, so I kind of had, I was that annoying person who was constantly emailing the, the commercial real estate people <laughs> and I was like, all right, I have these questions and I need this space and, you know, and everything. And, um, you wanted your dream. I property. wanted, I wanted it and it was in my head and I was going to make it happen. And I, and I knew the longer that it took, the more likely it probably wouldn't happen. And I was determined to make it happen. Um, and I didn't even tell people like my husband knew, I think my mom knew, but I didn't tell like anyone on my in-law side until I was like, I signed a lease today. Just so you know, I'm opening a store because I didn't want, and it wasn't like that I thought that I would get this from them, but I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want anyone like questioning it and not like questioning in the sense of, are you sure you want to do that? Or that doesn't sound like a good idea, but more doing the reality check with me. Well, did you consider this? And did you, no, I didn't want any of that. I'm like, <laughs> I just wanted to be able to jump in. I knew that it was going to be work. I knew that, the, you know, but if I questioned myself too much and, and filter, you know, got those questions from other people, then there was a good chance I wasn't going to open. So I kind of was like, I need to avoid that. Only a few people got to know beforehand because I didn't want to be accidentally talked out of it. Um, so I finally found the place that I'm at now and I knew looking at it that it was probably going to be temporary because it's a smaller space, um, which I've already outgrown very much. If you walk into my store, I am currently turning away almost every vendor who, who reaches out because I just can't fit anymore in there. I currently have about 120 ish vendors in store. So can I ask you about that just briefly? You do have a lot of vendors in that mm -hmm. store. Do you see high turnover or mostly retention? Because it's been very successful for your makers. Yes, it's mostly retention. Um, so I do two different scenarios. I have general consignment and then I have um, pop-up space. So they can choose which one kind of works best for them. The pop-ups rotate in a monthly way. Um so basically you rent a space, it's your space. You set it up however you want, you get your branding, it's your dedicated space, so all your stuff's in one area. Whereas in general consignment, everything's kind of mixed and matched um, and in multiple places, so pe people are more likely to see it um, and stuff. The monthly ones, I have gotten to the point where a lot of the monthly vendors want to stay as a monthly vendor and don't rotate out. So I don't have as much, especially when it gets to like the fall and holiday season, they're like, I signed in August and I am at least here through the end of the year. Um, where general consignment, I think I've had three vendors end up leaving and a lot of, I think most, three to five. And it was mostly either they um, no longer were making, you know, they worked also um, as a full-time job 
and just didn't have time for it anymore. Um, and a, a couple were like, you know, this isn't really working for me. And I'll, and those ones were actually not local. They were in like probably three plus hours away and had to ship products and stuff. So it wasn't, it just wasn't feasible for them anymore. So, but for the most part, yeah, we just keep growing and, and our makers stay. You are a local yourself. Yes. You have a family here. Yes. <laughs> you mentioned that you started with a full-time job. Are you still in that job? No. So um, I was working full-time when COVID hit. Um, and then we were working from home and daycares were closed. So I was suddenly home with two young children. Um, my oldest at that point had just turned four. So my youngest was not even two, I think at this point. Um, and about three months of trying to make that work, (laughs) I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this. Um, so my husband also owns a family business with his family. Um, so I never really thought that it was an option for me to not work and provide like insurance and, you know, stuff like that. And I just kind of was like, you know what, if I'm going to leave, now's the time to do it when everything's kind of shut down. And, you know, student loans are postponed and things like that. You know, I was like, now's the time to, to try. So I did the stay-at-home mom thing for a little bit while doing Etsy for my personal, you know, um, maker business. And then that lasted about a year and a half. And I was doing those Facebook vendor markets during the time. Um, and then after that ended, Wisconsin Makers Market started. So I never really stopped doing stuff. I just stopped working the full time in like June 2020. This is going to feel like a step backward, but you keep using, and I've used this term, maker. Can you explain ex- what that is? Because I guess generationally you hear the term crafter or, you know, an Etsy store. Yes. What some of that is, what, what in definition is a maker and are you still one? Yes, today? that's a really good question. So I use maker, um, but also like sometimes like different posts I do, I'll make sure to say authors, creators, bakers, and I'll expand on it. But when I'm talking in just a general sense, I use makers, um, which maybe some people wouldn't agree with me, and that's fine. Um, But that's just kind of my general term as like a catch-all for everything because um, because artists, I don't think necessarily catches everything. Um, And I want wanted to come up with a term that felt like it could kind of capture as much of that as possible, which I still think it it doesn't capture everything because when it comes to the creative side, you know what? I use creatives a lot too, um, but I wanted it to be more official sounding, I guess. And I think crafter has kind of fallen off in that sense because a lot of people look at that as like you're a hobbyist where, where a lot of people in my store, they're not like, this is, this is what they're looking at to make their income to support their family. Um, I would say at least half of the the vendors I have in store don't work outside of this. Like this is what they're doing to try to support their family, which is another reason it's so important to shop small because like I said, my husband and I are now both small business owners. So you're not only helping support my family, but I have over hundred vendors. So you're helping support them and, and their dreams as well. Um, so I use a term maker um, and I'm not the only one. So if you go on, um, Instagram and you look up different markets that are going on like the bigger markets a lot of them will use like makers market and stuff um, and I when I started the markets that's what I called it was Wisconsin makers market and when I first went to open the store I was like oh what's a different name and I was throwing out a whole bunch of different names and nothing worked and I was like you know what I already have a name and I just kind of went with it because it's kind of a it, it is a market it's just in, in a store. How has business been for you in Eau Claire and maybe even specifically downtown Eau Claire? 
Sure. Um, I am kind of on a little dead end area. So while um, well, it's, it was a really it's a really good starter location for me. It really is. I do have goals to move to a more high traffic area. Um, because if people don't know about me or see a sign that I put on the corner, then, then it's easy to, to miss where I am. Um, there's no other retail or shopping areas where I am downtown though itself, I think is, um, the best place to be for this type of business because when people come to town to go shopping, that's where they're, they're looking at for like, um, being able to just walk around and see a whole bunch of shops in one area and have a unique experience. I think exactly. I mean, We've been to conferences through our jobs here at the Chamber, and when we go, we're staying in a hotel typically Mm -hmm. that's downtown or even um, walking around downtown to go and have those experiences and and share, um, not share, support those small businesses if we can, those local businesses if we can. I recall walking into your store for the first time. Um, it actually wasn't too long ago, but I thought it was such a unique experience because you had your two little ones there, which mm-hmm. you've explained, you know, the whole reason why. Um, but you and I very quickly got into conversation about your business and why it was there and what was going well and what wasn't going well and just hearing the history. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an experience that needs to be shared a little bit more with shoppers because I had the same experience at another boutique on a complete different side of town but just the sheer joy that Mm -hmm. people have in being in business and maybe you want to share a little bit about why you continue to do it and why you continue to have these these dreams of expansion yeah um yeah so piggybacking on the previous question and going into this one um being downtown has been good but there's also it's it's scary it's scary owning owning a business it's terrifying i love that i'm able to bring my kids to the store i have um like games and puzzles and stuff so sometimes when other parents come into their store with their kids i'll be like hey do you want to sit here with my kids and do this so then they can shop um which is usually very much welcome they're like oh my gosh thank you so much you know Um, or hey my kids you know watching a show on his tablet do you want to watch that too um i'm very i'm a very personable person um you come into my store I'm an open book I tell you the whole story (laughs) I let you um ask me a question I'm gonna answer it um and I love meeting new people um it's it's the point where I have my you know regulars who come in and they'll be like hey I'm back and you know and you know them by their first name and just you meet so many cool people and I absolutely love the experience of when someone comes in my store even if they don't buy anything I almost every time get this is really cool. You did such a good job. This is a really cute store. We would need things like this. Thanks so much for doing this. And that just, even if I don't get any sales, um, that just makes my heart like explode. It, it's just, it's really nice. So it's very fulfilling in that way. And then just hearing from the vendors as well of how grateful they can be for having a space to, to sell their things as well. Um, so just being able to to help both vendors and customers kind of connect and bridge that gap to be like, hey, these are real people that you're buying from and and you can see their faces and you can actually know that you're helping legit someone local because you you see their their face and their product and you and you hear their story. And I know a lot of the stories of the vendors I have in store and I share them. Um, so it's, it's a privilege to be able to do that. Your store has other employees or are you the only one who runs it so for the first nine months or so it was just me um I had a I have a vendor who volunteers one week in a month 
Um, she started doing that two months after I opened, um, which was a lifesaver. <laughs> Just having one weekend um, where one Saturday at that point that I didn't have to come in, which was really nice. Um, and then in February of 2023, I hired um, my first couple part timers. So now I have someone who works um, closing shift for me. I live 30 minutes out of town and with my husband's a plumber. So his schedule's never a schedule. It's up in the air. So I have to be home when bus gets home for bus drop off. So I have someone who comes and closes the store for me. And then I have um, it worked out where now I only have to work one week in a month if everything goes according to plan. So I have a niece who just graduated high school who does one week in a month for me. Um, and then I have my one employee who works during the week who also does a week in a month for me. So it's really nice. It's great that you've seen that success mm-hmm. so that you can start to hire on some employees mm-hmm. and be a part of the local yep. economy yeah. as well. And I look at that as paying myself right now. I'm paying myself through having employees because I don't have to be there as much. That's so I look at it as like, that's a benefit to me right now. Um, plus, I'm not going to lie, I can make them do the dirty work that I don't want to do. <laughs> that that It's a learned lesson though, right? Like in building ethics and some of those soft skills that are so needed when they yeah. go on to another employer. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. those those skills, you have to grow somewhere. Right. And you're providing that, which I right. think is, is so cool to hear mm-hmm. that perspective. You bring up an interesting point about the hours and hiring staff. So when I'm going out and I'm meeting with businesses, whether they're chamber investors or not, they might be brand new entrepreneurs, but they've opened up their first storefront. Customers will come in and say, you'd get more traffic if you expanded your hours. I'd love to hear your perspective on that as essentially for a long time, you've been a one woman show Mm -hmm. with kids and from the business owner's perspective, why that's important for the customer to kind of be flexible and maybe work around that to help support local whenever possible. And that's a really good way to put it is being flexible and and doing what you can as a customer to still support them. Um, So when I first opened, my hours have changed a lot in the store because it it was adjusting to when are people coming? Like, when is it worth the time to come in? Um, When I first started and it was just me, Again, because I'm working around my kids' schedule, I did, I think it was Tuesday and Wednesday, 10 to 3, so that way I could get home before the bus, and then Friday and Thursday and Friday, I think were 4 to 8, so I could go pick up my kids from school and bring them to the store, um, and then be open later, um, and I had it worked out where my mom would come pick up my kids after she got off work, and she would take them to the house, so they didn't have to stay there that late with me, um, and that was me trying to accommodate, you know, summer traffic, walkers, I got a lot of walkers that go by my store, um, to be able to be like, oh, we're walking by at seven o'clock at night, and what's this new place that's here, um, and then, that got really hard after a while because it was the constant like trying to work with other people's schedules, trying to work with my mom's schedule. And then she had a hard time making any other plans because, you know, she had this promise to me. So she couldn't go do something else on a Friday night because she was supposed to come pick up my kids. And it it, it just ended up being a lot. Um, So I adjusted my hours many times to try to be open when the traffic was hitting the store, but also be able to maintain my sanity as also being a mom, um, and a small business owner and a hobby farmer (laughs) and everything else too. Right. Um, so scheduler and, and I actually thought about this last week. I think I was talking to my mother-in-law and I was saying how 
oh my gosh, this time last year, going into the holiday season and, and gearing up for Small Business Saturday, I'm like, I was doing this by myself. I had the vendor volunteer who worked one week in a month for me, which was a lifesaver, even just that little bit of help. I'm like, but I I was doing this by myself. I was working almost every weekend and every day and I was doing this and I'm like, how the heck did I, how did I, how did I manage this? Because now it's, if I had to work an extra week, I'm like, oh man, you know how, like, I don't know how I did that. That um, perspective is so important though, right? Because you're looking back and you're seeing the growth and you're so thankful for it. Yes, very much. I'm thankful that I'm able to, to have people help me out and, and stuff and, um, unfortunately, do I get to pay a higher rate? No, I'm not. And, and, and it's a bummer. And I, it's a goal for me to be able to do that. Um, as I said, I have my niece who just graduated high school working for me. And then I also have someone who also has a full-time job. Um, and she was like, you know, this is a nice little side way to make some money. And it's, it's a rather, it's a fun job it, and it's pretty easy. You know, there's not a lot of manual labor or a lot of, there's no computer data there's nothing like that it's a pretty laid back you get to come in and you get to sell cool things to cool people so it's a fun side job to have too you know so it's a way for this adult to make extra money um and you know just have something that's kind of chill to do and uh, and meet new people and she's also a vendor in my store now so she's a creative and eventually eventually she's like can I sell her I'm like absolutely I've been waiting for you to ask <laughs> you know um so being able to hire people um, has been a lifesaver. It's it's terrifying because hiring employees doesn't come with just now paying them, but now you're paying taxes and you're paying unemployment insurance and workman's cap. So it's a lot um, and it's scary, but it's nice to be able to um, rely on other people to help make things run smoothly at the store. So. I recently saw a video and you and I have talked previously about um, how social media can affect a business. And I do want to dig into that a little bit. But uh, the video was an interview with a billion dollar CEO had created many companies. And um, the guy who was interviewing him just asked, would you do it again? And the gentleman said, no. Hmm. He said, if people knew the compromises and sacrifices and just the general work that goes into starting a business, I don't think anybody would do it. Mm -hmm. They would think you were nuts. That's a really interesting perspective. There's um, a currently trending like sound going around for like Instagram and TikTok reels and, and stuff. That's basically like, you know, I was sick of working nine to five. So I decided to work for myself and now I work 24 seven, you know, but it, <laughs> it's true. It's very much true. Like I'm, and especially because you have your phone that's attached to you all the time and you can just do social media right from your phone um, or answer emails and stuff like that. And I try really hard to be like, it's the weekend. I'm not going to answer an email as soon as I hear a buzz, um, which took me a long time to get to that point. But it's also an expectation a lot for the people that are emailing you or messaging you. And if you don't respond to them, like if they message on a Saturday and you haven't responded by Monday morning, you're getting another message or email saying, hey, checking in. Um so it, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Um, however, if someone asked me, like, even though, like, even if my business completely goes under right now, let's say I had to close my doors and, and I'm like in super debt from opening the store or whatever, I would do it again. I think some people, um, thrive that way. And I'm one of those people. I'm, 
get called crazy a lot, I guess. <laughs> like, like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. Um, I like to juggle a lot of balls in the air. So me, yes, I would do it again, 100%. But I completely understand where that gentleman is coming from because it is so much work. Um, and I think you just have to go into it knowing that ahead of time and being ready to. But even with the sacrifices you're making, you're also gaining things. So I'm able to set my own schedule and still have my time with my kids now. Um, and the older they get, the less time you get because they're in school all day. So for me, it's important to be home when they get home so I can have that time with them. Um, so I'm able to make my own hours. It offers you flexibility yeah, that you exactly. want for your family. And it sounds like you guys are a family of entrepreneurs already. Yes. So you're probably fostering that in your yeah. kids. Well, both well. my kids make things and sell them in the store. So <laughs> yes, we are definitely a little artsy entrepreneurial family. Um, but the flexibility is really important. I think that being able to okay, the kids are in bed now. Now I can go on and I can respond to this email and stuff like that is really nice. So even though, yeah, that phone's attached to me and I'm working, you know, 24 seven, I'm able to do it around the other things that I'm doing in my life. So how is your business utilizing social media? So is there a way for shoppers to connect with you that way um, or even shop through your social media? Um, so I do not have shopping lined up through social media, but I have my links to the website. So I do have an online presence. However, a lot of the things in my store are one of a kind. And with over 100 vendors in the store, I can't get everything on the website. It's even with employees, I can't get everything on the website. It's There's so much. Uh, so I try really hard to get things on the website that there's multiples of or um, um, even one of a kind things. You know, I'll try to get like a little bit of multiple vendor stuff on there. So there's a, quite a bit of shopping on the website. Um, the website also hosts our like if you're signing up for a workshop that we're hosting, that's all on the website as well. Um, and it just has general general info on the vendor markets, all that stuff. That's all on the website. Um, I use Instagram and Facebook every day. Facebook, we, in addition to just posting the, the reels and TikToks and posts every day, um, I also utilize Facebook for events. So anytime we have an event coming up, I'll create an event on Facebook, invite people, share it. Um, and then Instagram, I really utilize, I post every day, but I really utilize the stories. Um, stories tend to get the most, um, views. Um, so I'm able to, and I'm able to show kind of the reality of things. Like I talk on stories versus when I make reels, I tend to just kind of lip sync to a song or a trending sound, but on stories I talk and I, it's me, you see the store how the store is and you see me how I am. And um, that's kind of how I connect with everyone through social media. What does it mean to you to have shoppers come in and support your small business? So speaking of social media, I yesterday posted a reel um, or reels um, and it all it is is a little video of my store, like from different angles, and you can see some products. And then it has an overlay where I wrote, like, shopping at a big retail store this holiday season, they're not even going to notice, basically. But shopping in a small business, they're going to know, and they'll probably do a happy dance when you leave. And I don't think it's even been 24 hours since I posted it. No, it's I th not even 24 hours. Um it's been shared by almost 20 other small businesses in the area, which I've never had anything like that. If I do a video that has a product in there from one of my makers, they'll share it. But I've never had just a whole bunch of other small businesses share share it. So that has been like an extremely awesome feeling. 
that this hit home to other small businesses that they're like, yes, this, and they're sharing it. Um, and I've seen other people do similar videos now um, on TikTok and on, on Instagram. And I'm like, yes, let's like spread the word. Let's let's get this out there. Um, so that was, you know, that is, that's how we feel. Like we literally, a small business owner is going to do a happy dance. They're going to squeal a little bit. They they get really excited when, um, if we have a day where it's slow and we don't have a lot of traffic coming in the store or just a lot of lookers <laughs> and we haven't really made any sales, it's, we, we, we take it to heart. You know, even though we know that that's not the case, you do, you take it to heart and you, and you're like, okay, um, now today I'm a failure. And then the next day you have a whole bunch of people come in. You're like, okay, we're winners. We're doing this again. So there's a lot of, you know, ups and downs with it. Um, but just like I said earlier, just hearing the, this is great. Thank you for being here. Just, just makes my day. And when I see someone come in for more than like a second time or a third time, and they're like, oh, we're back again. That just is like, I'm a small business and I have a regular, you know, or I have repeat customers. And it's just a really amazing feeling. That's incredible. I'm so glad that you were able to share that that perspective and those feelings because I feel like social media has really helped share that um, emotion for a business owner. And I even recall during COVID seeing videos of um, business owners or even associates standing behind the desk kind of doing that little dance, you know, where they're just excited to have gotten that sale Mm -hmm. or hopefully that repeat customer. And so I think that that experience is super important. A $50 sale to a small business is way different than a $50 sale at like Walmart or a big retail store. Um, $50 can mean like, oh, I'm able to pay a bill this month versus it's not going to make a difference to a big retail store. So I did also recently see uh, a boutique map that mm-hmm. came out of which you guys are listed, I believe. We might be. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, I've never, I've been asked if we've been considered a boutique and I'm like, I have no idea. I literally two days ago went and looked up what a boutique was online to be, because I've had customers be like, are you a boutique? And I'm like, I kind of say gift shop. I don't know. I'm kind of unique. I don't I don't know how to explain it in that sense. Um, but I just did recently see something be posted, but I haven't had a chance to actually look into it. Um, there is a online group, I think that started around COVID time, that's like the boutique hub, and you can become a member of it. Okay. Um, and I think that that's kind of where that is is kind of coming from, I think. I'm not I don't know much about it, so this community is so vibrant in a lot of ways, and I love this example because it's kind of like that that day experience that you mm-hmm. might want to have with a couple of girlfriends, or you want to go out with your family, or maybe go and experience some stuff with your kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that our local tourism agency, even our chamber, will do simple things like that to help kind of steer people towards yep. businesses. And when you find experiences like this, where you can go and visit a bunch of boutiques where the day is planned for you. Man, what a relief. Yes. <laughs> the map is there. You, yes. You can just go and, you know, make a huge difference by being a looker or a yep. buyer or yep. a repeat customer at some of these really great businesses that have popped up all over Eau Claire. And there's a lot of new boutiques that have popped up in just this last year. Um, so that list, I think, is fantastic. Um, last year, I did a business, downtown business bingo to encourage the same kind of thing. It was it was a whole bunch of, I think we had 16 or 20 different businesses that participated and they all had, you know, like if you got a bingo, then you could win a prize. Um, and each of the businesses had their own prize and stuff. And it was a good way to encourage people, even after Small Business Saturday, to go visit all of these, all these different places and stuff. So I think doing things like that um, is a great way to be like, hey, did you know that we're here? 
Um, and kind of giving people that pre-plan, like, hey, make this make this an adventure type day. Yeah. Yeah. So Chelsea, are there any other specific local endeavors or collaborations that you'd like to share with our audience today? Oh man. Um well this time of year I think a lot of things that are happening are businesses kind of just really gearing up for the holidays and stuff like that. Um like I said last year I did the the bingo, um, which was great. Um this year my time recently has been really focused on I also Small Business Saturday host a handmade holiday market and I'm working with the new um Eau Claire event district for that. So we're utilizing one of their buildings um so that we've been able to expand the market. We're also now having live music. So we have two local musicians that are going to be playing during that. Um, so that's been really, that's been a really fun thing that has been taking up a lot of my time this last m- month. Um, in the summer, I partnered with um, downtown Eau Claire, Decky, um, with their party on the plaza event. So they have the live music and stuff. And then I did the vendors and we had um, an artist market during that as well. So that was a lot of fun. Um there's probably a bunch of stuff and it's just not going to be coming to my head right now. Um, but I absolutely love partnering with other local businesses. For Small Business Saturday, um, one of the things I'm doing at my store is the first 20 paying customers get a little swag bag that's filled with coupons and goodies from other downtown local businesses. And we're focusing on newer businesses or businesses that are kind of off the main area um, that people might not know about to really try to encourage people to go visit those shops as well. You're doing a lot of really incredible things and some really unique collaborations. What's the best way for an audience member to connect with you and make sure they're staying in the know? Um, I would say social media. If you if you're on Instagram or Facebook, everything's posted there. Um, otherwise, if you sign up for my email newsletter, I send that out every week on typically Wednesday, um, and that will have like a highlight of everything that's coming up the next week. So workshops, um, events that we're doing, um, information on, you know, products in the store, new products. And then we do like a highlight section of the pop-outs that are in the store too, and the things that they have. Um, so I would say those are the three main ways to really, um, stay up to date with, with the things that are going on with Wisconsin Makers Market. Thank you. Our last question is, probably something you've touched on throughout the entire conversation, um, but it goes back into why we do this podcast. And so we'd love to know, why does business matter to you and to Wisconsin Maker Market? That is a good question. (laughs) I feel like I'm being put on the spot now. Um, Oh my gosh. So I think business in general is such a broad term um, and I can't speak for all business, right? So for me, my specific business um, is supporting so many people that it's like, yeah, Wisconsin Makers Market is one business, but inside it is over 100 businesses. Um, And I think a lot of times people look at if you're a maker or a crafter and stuff like that, they don't necessarily see business behind it. They see, oh, you're doing, you're making something and now you're, you're you know, you want to sell it. And that's not the case. Like these are businesses. Um, and all of these small businesses that have been popping up in, in town um, are offering such unique and valuable things that um, I think that I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, if you could see me right now, <laughs> like I'm all smiley, right? Um, but it just, it gives the people that 
own the small businesses, it gives them a sense of satisfaction, um, accomplishment, like they're doing something for the community. And I think that being a small business in the area is really big on being part of the community and like just being able to um, communicate and connect with people that you wouldn't be able to do. Um, So I think that again, business is a broad term and people are going to look at it differently, but I kind of look at it like it's like its own little network of community, I guess. I do wish that our listeners could see the emotion (laughs) on your face because it's super genuine and you can just tell how much it means to you. So thanks for for sharing all of that. I think it also contributes to the vibrancy of Eau Claire, the downtown Mm -hmm. space. When I first moved here over 12 years ago, downtown wasn't a space I felt comfortable as a young woman. It's changed so much. Now it's really changed Mm -hmm. in in large part to Mm -hmm. the collaboration Mm -hmm. and the riskiness of moving your business downtown Mm -hmm. and opening up that storefront and why that's so incredibly important. So I really want to thank you for being one of those risk takers, uh, hiring staff and keeping your stores open and being a part of the the beating heart of downtown Eau Claire. I am very thankful for being accepted in downtown and for, you know, most businesses being very welcoming and, and reaching out to to see how they can collaborate and, and work together. And um, that's just that's that's the sense of the community that, you know, is going to make us all thrive. So. Yeah. Well, thanks again for being here today. I definitely appreciate your time. I do want to thank the audience for for listening in and, of course, to our media sponsor, Royal Credit Union. A few quick announcements before we close today. We do have our upcoming business after hours at the Florian Gardens. That's our holiday business after hours on December 11th at 430. Hope you can join us at the Florian Gardens. And then a quick save the date for the Chamber's annual meeting. Oh, what a night on January 24th. Would love to have you come out and learn all of the really cool things that uh, the Chamber is doing in our area. And then, of course, have a great night of networking with many other business owners as well. And finally, with the entire conversation of shopping local and supporting local, I do want to remind our listeners that the Chamber does sell Chamber Bucks, of which we have over 300 local businesses that accept those. So please stop in uh, over the next couple of months and help support those businesses. It's super, super important to them, as you've heard from Chelsea. So thanks again, Chelsea, for being here and sharing your experience as a business owner. Thank you so much for having me.